Let's get socially deconstructed. What's up? It's your girl, Trina Dong. And today we are talking about if you're a friend to all, are you really a friend to none? And I have a very special guest in the house today. Mick Torres is here. Hello. Hey, Trina. Thanks for having me on. So Mick, you are an actor. You also co-host your own podcast, Me Smell. Tell us a little yep. bit about it. Uh, Mismo, I do with my fiance, Ashley Argoda, uh, and we interview mostly actors. We've had a couple of directors or producers on, but it's, it's usually actors. Um, the reason it's called Mismo means same in Spanish. And we wanted to talk to actors at all different phases of their career, either just starting out, somebody who's had a lot of success and then lost it, or, you know, somebody who's got a lot happening right now at this moment. And what we thought would happen is that a lot of the stories would be the same or a lot of the struggles would be the same. Um, mm -hmm. They pretty much have. There's, you know, <laughs> everybody has their own take on it, but like at the end of the day, we're all dealing with the same stuff. Absolutely. And some worse than others, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Have you learned a lot? Do you think? So much uh, that I have learned. We've done it for over a year. We've had, I don't mm -hmm. know, 50 something episodes out. And so, you know, that's a lot of just, I love it. Just getting to sit and talk with actors about um, not necessarily acting technique. Very often we usually skip that, but it's more about the lifestyle or like, how do you keep a healthy mindset in this mm -hmm. very up and down career that we've all chosen? So the other thing it does for me is just kind of reassure and help me uh, feel okay about what's happening for me uh, as an actor. Because if yeah. you hear it over and over and over, this is not easy. I have come close to quitting. I have had doubts about myself. Like, you know, you're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I was on, it was nice to be able to sit and commiserate for a little bit. Good. That's, that's the idea. So today we're talking about the very famous Aristotle quote, a friend to all is a friend to none. I haven't really paid much attention to this theory until someone said it out loud to me recently when talking about a certain new dating situation. Mm. And it was like a, a warning. So first of all, without shining a negative light on this right away, do you have people in your life that are friends with everyone they meet? Or are you someone that becomes friends with everyone you meet? I feel open to friendship with basically everyone I meet. I like I'll yeah. lead with that. And then if you show me something that's just, we're clearly not going to be friends, then that's fine. But mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I do myself and, and I definitely have friends who, who, who have a ton of friends or just get, get along with people very easily. Right. I don't see it as a inherently bad thing. Right. So in your mind, this theory is basically untrue, right? Well, but I'll also mm -hmm. say this, because there's there's like, there are levels of friendship. Right. Uh, and I have a few friends who have basically become family. Right. Like my best man, we met when we were in preschool, two years old. And then mm -hmm. I moved away a bunch. You know, we went to college. I mean, the majority of our lives, we have not lived in the same city. So it wasn't necessarily right. easy to stay friends. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, he's my best man. We just went 
on a trip to Tahoe together for a little bachelor party celebration. And, you know, we don't even talk that much, but when we're together, it's, I mean, he's basically my brother. So, right. and I don't have a lot of those uh, mm-hmm. family level friends. So, so there's, it's true and it's untrue. Right. So basically what people explain it as is that if you perceive everyone in the same way, then no one is special. So if mm. everyone is your friend to the same degree, then friendship isn't something unique. And I agree with you. There are tears. I think it was on the Mindy project that I learned <laughs> that phrase. Okay, but there yeah. are tears of friendship. Because when I think about it, I think about popularity right and when we were young in high school that meant whoever has the most friends at lunch and is at the popular table now it's kind of like who has the most followers on social media Mm. do you have any prejudgments of either of those scenarios well let's talk about the high school lunch table yeah fascinating place Uh (laughs) The whole lunchroom. Very fascinating. Oh, yeah. I moved in the middle of high school. I moved uh, the summer after my freshman year. So Uh I had to reestablish myself in a brand new social circle in a different state. Wow. Wait, which state to which state? California Uh to Utah. (laughs) And just to answer everyone's question that comes up, I am Mm -hmm. not Mormon. I did not go to rehab. Uh, my, my dad got a job out there and he moved the family. Um, That's so funny. Wait, hold on. Do people yeah. really ask if you went to rehab or got shipped off to one of those schools? Totally. Because really? high school, high school, especially so 15, 16, uh, there are so many rehabs that happen out in Utah because there's mm-hmm. just space for it. So yes, I got that question. Like when I was a freshman at, at college, I came back to California. I got are you Mormon or did you go to rehab way too often? <laughs> That's, I didn't even know that was a thing until I watched the new Paris Hilton documentary. Have you seen that? Oh, sure. I have not seen Paris's new doc, but there's another doc called Happy Valley, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, that uh, talks about how Salt Lake City is very, very um, addicted to prescription pills. Wow. Mm-hmm. A lot going Very on interesting. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Utah, you had to start out in Utah, California boy. Tell us. Well, then there's all these social circles. So I don't necessarily think that the most popular person is the person with the most friends. It's the person with the like most desirable and exclusive group of friends. Right. High school. I mean, mean girls just nailed what high school is. Right. Absolutely. Um, so like there was the baseball team and I tried to get in with that group of friends, but those guys had been playing together, you know, since they were younger, they already knew each other. So to wet your way in there. And then like, I also liked theater. So I was with the theater friends, but those friends weren't cool. So then, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of balancing. Um, and you know what? I liked all of them. And I've, I always (laughs) felt like, why can't I be friends with these kids who are on the quiz bowl team and also friends with like the only kid at school with a fake ID. Who's like the cool kid who brings beer to the parties. Right. I like both of you. Um, mm-hmm. 
but uh, at the same time, like I'm not friends with anybody from my high school still, not in a close <laughs> right. way, you know? I think what you said at first about the most popular person not necessarily having the more friends is the situation that correlates the most with this quote in theory because yeah. their friends aren't real. They're just making a list of people that they can say, you know, hi to really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that's something that we run into in our personal lives very often. Do you? Right. At this age, at this point, not yeah. really. Um, I feel like the high school, <laughs> this, the high school lunch cafeteria room is so different because everybody, you know, is in that room yeah and where you choose to sit and where you're invited to sit says everything about you and also everybody is seeing it right but don't you think that that still holds so we both live in los angeles and let's say you go out to a club which neither of us do anymore no <laughs> but you <laughs> but I, go I had my time i put in my dues at the club yeah exactly like everybody did their thing now we take naps it's whatever that's right so you go to the club, right? And we see all the different groups of people that are around. But obviously what goes into my head is the coolest people are the ones at the tables because they can afford to have more fun than me. What do you think? I'll tell you. So uh, friends I've, I've, you know, out of college, I had a bunch mm -hmm. of those friends who wasted their money on those tables yeah and i fought so hard to hang on to those friends who were my buddies in college mm -hmm. and you know i was just coming out of school just trying to get my foot in the door acting wise and figure out some way to you know keep some money and make yeah. some money and i was burning burning through money <laughs> chipping in to sit at these tables right every friday and or saturday night mm -hmm. um there's no point in it. So yes, technically those are the cool guys. Uh, but those are also the same guys who buy the much too expensive car. That's not necessary to, to compensate for something. So, but I, I agree with what you're saying. Like in a social circle, when you're just at the club, just taking everything for face value, the table is the popular kids table. Right. So in your situation, when you were sitting at this table, just kind of trying to hold on to your life, really, to your people, mm -hmm. did you feel pretty isolated as if the this phrase, a friend to all is a friend to none, is kind of where they were coming from because they were more into this than friendship? Well, yeah, I felt like, you know, the only benefit that I really saw from it is you get to skip the line. But other than that, <laughs> I thought, what are we doing? We're 23. <laughs> like, let the 45-year-old guys do sit this. down. My goodness. Like, we're gonna mostly just be on the dance floor anyway and then drop off at the table for an occasional drink. Like, what we don't need this, but um right. it's like yeah. your own coat check, your own <laughs> cocktail waitress, and that's pretty much it, right? The, the sparkly thing that they bring the bottles out with, like to make a big show of it. Like it's, it's a, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not friendship in now I'll say those guys, a lot of those guys are still friends with each other, but I backed away from that particular group of friends and 
and found some different friends. That that's interesting to me because I have moved around a lot in my life and I've mm-hmm. made friends and then moved on from friends. And mm-hmm. I wonder how that relates to your quote of like, enjoy your friends in the phase of life that you're in when it makes sense for them to be your friends. And then uh, it was hard for me to not try to hold on to friends for life. Yeah. And it took the skill of learning, oh, this chapter is over. This friend mm-hmm. no longer makes sense. And, and it's okay. We had all those good memories and now it's someone I won't see often anymore. Yeah. I think that when thinking about this particular saying in these situations, it's more people that are just having only surface relationships for their own personal reasons. Yeah. And I don't think, I think it's interesting when people are afraid of people that have a lot of friends because when this came up, that's what it was. It was like, Oh, be careful. They've got a lot of friends. So you might not want to associate. That was negative for a dating. That was like a red flag for dating that person. Yeah. Huh? It's actually come up multiple times. I don't remember what the first reason for saying this to me was, but I barely ever thought about this theory prior to like six months ago and now it's come up a couple times well the first thing that comes up when when with that concern would be loyalty is that you would think somebody who keeps a tight group of friends is going to be more loyal than somebody with who just feels like they can be friends with everybody though also the thing to factor in is maybe introvert versus extrovert like Mm -hmm does an extrovert feel like they can be loyal to three or four times more friends than an introvert? Right. I don't know. That probably plays a role too. I think that what you're saying kind of correlates to some of the fears people have with trust. So it's been said that it's hard to trust people with a lot of friends because they might turn their back on you, tell your secrets, ditch you. Is that what you mean by loyalty or you mean something else? Well, trust, when we're relating it to dating, mm-hmm. to me, I think we're, we're likely talking about, I think what the root of that comment is on that phrase is if this person has a lot of friends, they're not loyal to a small amount of friends. They are more likely to cheat on you than somebody mm. who doesn't have a lot of friends. Do you think that's kind of the root of that statement? Yeah, maybe. I. That's why we're talking about it, because I was dumbfounded and I didn't really get it. Because to me, when I see when people have a lot of true friends and you see their interactions, they're obviously friends. To me, that's a good sign that this person is very well liked. Sure. And not because of popularity, but because they're a good person. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I thought the trust thing was interesting but you could be very right or maybe that you're not going to be number one in that person's life huh but you can't really assume that either if someone only had three friends those three friends could still be up higher than you yeah actually dating is so different than friendship you know like Mm -hmm. ashley is my best friend but Mm -hmm. it's uh i i don't think there's less room in my life to have friends right outside of Ashley um 
I don't know. That that is interesting because it's a little bit different. Um, I guess friends that I have who have a lot of friends, mm-hmm. I have to accept this is not a person I will see very often, right? Uh, because they've got a lot of people to do. And then there's, um, again, it just depends on time of your life. Like, also as actors, we do a show, mm-hmm. and. I, I usually make at least one friend in a cast. Um, and I hope, I hope to hold on to at least one person, uh, from every project I do. And sometimes I don't, but, but if I can, it's, it's nice. So when you're in the show, you're seeing them every single day at rehearsal. And then, you know, all the time at the show, Mm -hmm. it's very easy to, to be friends because you have a common thing happening. And then you see what happens after that. Do do we hang on? Because mm-hmm. now you have to make an effort. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, we met in the comedy scene and we quit our show, what, two years ago now at this point? Uh, yeah. Like, that's a great example. The comedy scene. We mm-hmm. That was a chapter for us. Mm-hmm. I think we both had a bunch of friends or or like, not even I wouldn't even go to dinner with these people outside of comedy but when I showed up at the show like I knew people like our team but I mean also outside of our team like um you you have friends in that social circle and then you leave that social circle and you, Mm -hmm. you hang on to yeah maybe one or two right so that going back to the the quote we're talking about today there's also that what are you doing at the time like in college it's so easy to have dozens or hundreds of friends because everybody's right there but after that how many are you gonna have a meaningful relationship with for the rest of your life for sure I get accused a lot of having too many friends okay and I never fully understand it at the time but then situations come up where I may have attached too quickly to a person without knowing them well enough to have advanced them to a higher tier and then I realize what those people are talking about but I've never figured out which way is better to do it is it better to come from that person's expected perspective or still do what I do I mean I don't know we're friends I like the way you you do friendship (laughs) yeah you know, uh, but it started with our friendship started with I, I, I guested on your team. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember how, and how then long we asked after that, you to join. You asked me to join. And then uh, we were just on the same team. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you do a bunch of shows together. You become friends. So that felt yeah. like a very normal, like um, leveling up the tiers. Yeah. It took like a, a normal amount of time. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think you jumped the gun. You having a lot of friends doesn't make me feel like you're any less of a friend to the friends that you have. Right. Yeah. I think that a lot of the time when people say it, they're obviously thinking about how many friends can you really have? How much time can you really have? And I think you can have a lot of friends as long as the relationships are positive, but you have to actually put the effort in to figure it out. And I think a lot of the time 
people think that if you have a lot of friends, you're trying so hard to have a lot of friends. Mm. And maybe that's where some of the judgment comes from. Time to friendship ratio. Like how much time you spend on a friendship. Because Mm -hmm. certain friends are going to be lower maintenance than other friends. Totally. My best man, for example, Ashley makes fun of our text conversations because (laughs) basically we communicate to confirm like when and where I will be seeing him. Right. There's not a whole, like we just took this trip together and it was like, here is the hotel room. This is our Mm -hmm. check-in time. I will see you then. (laughs) Right. And then we'll talk when I see him, but other friends, I don't know, the texting every day type of friends. Yeah. I don't have a lot of those people because I'm not one of those people. Uh, Sure. Sure. But I feel like when I see a friend in person or when we're on a phone call or whatever, when we're actually connecting, Mm -hmm. then we're fully connecting. But yeah. um, the, The amount of time spent on maintaining a friendship well, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like you don't have enough time for friends or? I feel like I make the time for whatever I feel comfortable with, with mm. the people that I feel are worth the relationship, I guess. And so it's just, I think it's weird that people have this preconception of someone enjoying making friendship meaning that they're like thirsty and chasing friends and need something from it because that's completely not me because i'd be fine sure (laughs) but we also do need something from it we do we do need friends um but i need like a hundred of them daily like that's the stereotype. Have you read uh, *Sapiens* by Yuval Harari? No. Uh, so, uh, it's an anthropology book, and it talks about. Oh boy! Now I'm going to quote a book. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, did you really want to open up <laughs> this book? <laughs> All I want to say is that I'm roughly sure that the the like evolutionarily. Mm-hmm. We're used to being in groups of about 150. Really? Yeah. So we can have like that many meaningful relationships. But then there are people with millions of followers on Instagram who they're not going to have any kind of meaningful relationship with more than, you know, give or take 150, maybe 200 people. Right. But, and I, I have 150 friends, I would I would think. But right, like those close, like family level friends, no like less than a dozen probably for sure like handful yeah and also as you were saying people circulate and they leave your life with different chapters for instance moving all the time like you did it's hard to keep long distance friendships unless they're worth it like your best man that's right exactly my best friend we've only lived in the same city for eight weeks at one time when we met in New York City at our internships and she's been my best friend for like 12 years. See that. Yeah. And that's worth it. You guys. And you probably clicked pretty immediately, right? Immediately. And you just know, and you keep people around. I think that is 
what people think is that you're just kind of collecting relationships and you're not even really caring about them when they have these accusations. Well, and right now, because it's it's difficult for us to get connection, but but another thing that book says is that this is why we are the dominant species on earth is because we're able to communicate together and and like make things happen together. So we really mm-hmm. require uh, people in our lives to to kind of maximize our potential as a species. So, and this is such a different, I mean, we've never communicated in this way before. I'm talking about quarantine. Social. Right oh, quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, talk about um, closing off ranks. Like how many people are you willing to see? I mean, you know, uh, people, people have their quarantine bubbles, right. And they're very, mm-hmm. very small um, just for safety reasons. So yeah. most people I'm communicating over zoom or social or text, but to get that meaningful thing, I, I wonder how we're going to come out of this and how important friendship is going to be. I think there's going to be a craving to be in the same room as people and make eye contact with people. And eventually, if we can imagine it, hug and shake hands with people <laughs> yeah. again, you know? I think there's also a part of it where since we're locked up, you're starting to realize who you really need in your life. Yeah, and who you were maybe just um, using energy because you felt you had to. Obviously, this is from personal experience. I'm trying not to say anything offensive, <laughs> but <laughs> it's true though. You kind of you have to decide who you want to keep these long distance relationships with because even if they're next door, it's still going to be a long distance. Yeah. So that's very interesting. I don't know. I think we're going to come out of it in a more not thoughtless but not trying so hard to maintain things does that make sense maintain like what kind of things like maintaining a million friendships just because maybe you see someone at work and so you have to remain close with them because you see them at work all the time or whatever the situation is i think that now we don't put so much pressure on ourselves to be liked to be liked is a huge one yeah uh, in terms of what we're talking about today because you know friends people liking us and people being our friends can Mm -hmm. be two different things yes uh so going to work especially where you don't have to be friends with the people you work with but your work environment will be a little bit nicer and easier for you yes. if most of the office just generally likes you. Right. So, you know, it's good to make an effort to be a well-liked person in your place of work or in your school where you're going to have to spend a lot of time and you want it to be like a welcoming environment. Right. Uh, but that's different than being friends with every single person that you work with. Exactly. And with that, it's important to accept that not everyone is going to like you. And so maybe a part of this accusation has to do with assuming that those people just can't handle if not everyone wants to be their friend, maybe? Yeah, I think that one just kind of naturally happens as we get older. We just progressively 
care less (laughs) how other people feel about us. For sure. Because it doesn't, because now, honestly, we're not really collecting new friends at this point. Not intentionally, like unless somebody like it. Yeah. Usually the way I meet people now is if I work on something where I meet somebody that you know, we click and we're, we're pretty fast friends. Like that's usually how I make friends, but I'm not, I'm not going out to very many social situations with the intent of making friends. Even if we weren't in a pandemic situation. Even then, because I'm not hitting the club like, like we used to, as we discussed. Right. Also don't go to the club to make friends. Guys don't go (laughs) or just like, don't go to the club. Maybe, I don't know. There are other things to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we're both very calculated. We've been to public situations before with a lot of people where we've planned exactly when to arrive, exactly when we're leaving, who we'll interact with, and then run. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah, I know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, we have exactly done that together. We went to a pre-dinner before the thing to discuss our game plan and then get out. Yeah. yeah, just to make sure that we don't get any, like, stuck in new friendship. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I actually did with two people. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. no, you, but they came to my housewarming party, and oh, you missed wow. them. Oh, wow. The people that we took the photo with. Yeah. That's so funny. It was funny, because that's a prime example. I collected people unintentionally even though we made a plan to not that's that's great nothing wrong happens. with that though. those, those no. they were cool they were nice exactly and you know what guys if you make a bad decision and you figure out that someone's not as great as you thought they were it's okay to distance at that point like totally. you don't have to stick around nope you gotta you gotta uh you know manage your time yeah Give that time to friends that you already have. Yeah. Give that time to yourself. Totally. And I think that has something to do with this as well. Maybe it's a judgment of someone's lack of um, maybe sticking up for themselves. Or like if you know certain people that they're friends with that you think maybe aren't good for you, but that person's not being true to themselves maybe that's where some of this comes from sure i think so i just think it's strange always to assume the negative about someone based on something so general yeah if you don't know them well well that's that's really interesting i do feel like uh the we're pretty judgy right now as a society and pretty quick to make judgments about people that we don't Mm -hmm. fully understand. Right. So, so I feel like you're, you know, like I said, I think we both kind of lead with being open to friendship. Right. And that's different than going and seeking it out and being thirsty and, you know, desperate for it. Um, But we're open. We're not, we're, we're going to take our time before we judge something for sure. Except for I'm very judgmental. Uh, I'll admit it. And I'll judge. Like if I choose to stay away, then I'm away. 
And I think that is where my judgmental standings go for social situations. I usually don't change my first impression. <laughs> okay. And I just sit on it. It doesn't happen often, but you know, once you're set in that, but for some reason, this specific judgment, I just could not make sense of. That's funny. I'm typically really quiet uh, and observant the first time that I meet or I'm in a new situation until mm-hmm. I feel like I've landed in that situation for long enough to to know what's going on. Does that mean landing within the situation that night? Does that mean over time with a certain person or group of people? It, it's pretty much anything. Um, like first day of rehearsal for a new show, mm-hmm. I'll... I'll pretty much just observe because I know I'm about to spend six weeks with these people. Right. So I don't want to like <laughs> make too intense of a first impression on them. And I don't want to judge them too quickly because I do know that I have to work with these people. Right. Um, or in a night, like if we show up at a party, uh, I, I do want to like check it out. Like yeah. where's the food? Uh, where's, you know, how, how are people congregating? Like, are we doing like clicky groups? Or are we all trying to make this party one big thing together? Is there yeah. a dance floor? Uh, who are my <laughs> people that I already know that I'm going to easily be friends with? Am I interested in meeting new people tonight? I need to answer those questions for myself before yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to open wide up. Have you ever gotten in a situation where you have misjudged from the beginning where you thought someone was great, but they ended up being dangerous in some way for you. Take totally. dangerous. Those, those, uh, those college buddies at mm-hmm. buying tables yeah. at the club after school. Yeah. Uh, I thought those were going to be like, I thought my kids were going to call those guys uncle, you know, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it just didn't happen. That's sad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> You've gotten over <laughs> it. I haven't. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, but that took years, right? Yeah, it took to accept it at at first, like and to to understand that I needed to walk away from that group of friends and make new friends. Mm-hmm. Took a yeah, it did take years, and it took um, just sign after sign after sign for me to finally come to it. And then after leaving that group, it still there was still a doubt, and still, you know, again, because like I said, I've I've made a lot of friends and then moved on from different phases of my life. And I really didn't want that to happen again with them. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just shifted my perspective of what friends are. Yeah. Um, And appreciate, you know, you can appreciate a person who was your friend, your good, good friend for five years. Right. And then no longer. Um, That's okay. I -hmm. think. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make them a bad person. It's just people go through life in different ways and you're not going to necessarily be compatible with the same people, um, you know, decade after decade. That's okay. Right. Not everything has to be a devastating breakup. It, it can really kind does. of be like a positive goodbye. Yeah. If you can be that well-adjusted of a human being to just... <laughs> <laughs> do that and then it's gonna make things a lot easier for you are you well adjusted i'm not i'll say i'm this. i'm uh you know a work in progress and we Moderately all are adjusted we'll, we'll continue to be yeah <laughs> that works how 
let's do this. I won't say how did you leave that friendship, but for let's say anyone listening that is in some sort of toxic friendship, nothing crazy, no illegal activity, nothing dangerous, but how would you recommend someone leave a friendship that they don't feel is necessary for them any longer? Well, the simplest and most obvious way was I lived with two of them and then I moved oh. out and got my own place. Okay. Um, so if you're living with somebody, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to move on from that friendship if you continue living with them. That's a real yep. super obvious one. There we go. Other than that, I just started doing things that I enjoyed because mm. I wasn't enjoying the tables at the club. Right. And I figured, um, I never really did the dating apps, but I figured I'd meet, I'd mm -hmm. meet girls and I'd meet, um, friends by just doing what I was interested in. So then I actually, then I started doing improv. Yeah. Um, and I made a ton of great friends in, in the comedy scene because, you know, post pandemic, I think one of the best ways to meet new people is by doing your favorite things because yeah. then you're, you're, um, you're narrowing the social circle you're in to at least people who have that thing in common with you. And then Absolutely. that's a great jumping off point to see what else you guys have in common. Mm -hmm. So that do, do things that you love to do. I mean, that's so right. And maybe not concentrate so much on leaving a friendship. I think yeah. that is a big thing too. People you dwell on what you're supposed to do when maybe sometimes you can just live your life and it will sort itself out. It, it just will. If you trust it and you allow it to sort itself out. It yeah. Will. Just don't ghost people. Oh, ghosting Please. is a whole nother. Uh, Ghosting's podcast. ugly. Friendship ghosting. I feel like that one's pretty mean. That one's tough. And also if it's a real friendship issue like you're being mistreated this person mistreats their friend they need to know so just maybe they can work on it and not continue to do the same thing that is a really great sign of a friend actually hmm. if you're gonna be enough of a friend to tell a person that something they are doing is uh you know not cool. not not cool or or negatively affecting their life and all the people around them if you're that friend who's willing to you know take them to lunch and have that conversation you're a really good friend and yeah. and then I feel like that's um you wouldn't ghost after that have you done that before uh yeah one of my friends I'm <laughs> I'm constantly telling <laughs> um, oh boy. he needs to clean it up a little bit and I mean we're we're very good friends right I mean that's what but that is what that tier of friendship is right you're exactly right when they turn into family because do you have any brothers and sisters I have a little sister if she was doing something dumb you'd be like hey don't be dumb right of course and like pretty quick because you don't really care if her feelings are hurt in certain situations. Well, not in that. Um, see, uh, yeah, absolutely. If I if I observe something, the minor bit of her feelings getting hurt by me pointing it out right. is going to save her hurt feelings um, if she's just able to to you know fix that. Get it together. 
but also my sister is pretty awesome. I very rarely have to coach my sister. Shout out. It's true. We love <laughs> a little sister that we don't have to coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what I mean. So when friends turn into family, it's so much easier to be like, yo, don't do that. Like, just don't yeah. do that. And nobody's offended. But when you're at the friendship stage where it's like a lower tier new friend, that's a lot harder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a person that I did a show with and kept as a good friend, um, they told me that I needed to get my skincare routine together because <gasps> I was using, not because my skin looked bad, but because I was using a vino body lotion on my face after what? a shower. Now, oh, see now, cause I'm coming into a show and I'm, I'm doing my, you know, show makeup, which is guys have it so easy in theater. Like it's literally right. just foundation. Right. Uh, so, but, but they, they <laughs> called me out on the Avino hand lotion, body lotion. And yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And thank you. And I had gone through years without anybody saying anything. <laughs> how many like, people had seen it? Girlfriends who like knew that that's how I, moisturized my face after a shower what nobody said anything nobody said a thing and now i have a an elaborate skincare routine thanks to this person and we had only known each other like three or four weeks before (laughs) they called me out and changed my changed my skincare routine changed your life they really did change my life yes honestly skincare routines are so important because when you get to the age when you see what you've done to yourself we're not going to be happy Unless we take care of it now. There's no going back at that point. You got to prevent. It's very important, guys. No matter who you are, men, women, take care of your skin. Just do it. And the point is, what a cool friend to recognize that and just say, uh, you you need to upgrade. You seriously do. Yeah. That also does require a certain type of personality, though. Like, it does. not just anyone, like we were talking about the introvert versus extrovert, not just anyone is going to walk up to someone and be like, what the hell are you putting in your face? Oh, no, no. And we had clicked. We had a bunch of scenes together in the show and we were friends. So, you know, within within three weeks of rehearsal, we were already pretty fast friends. Right. And again uh you know i i was prepared like this is a friend during a show will we stay friends afterward and Mm -hmm. we completely have there you go yeah but even if not even if this was just a short-term friendship that person came through in that short period of time more than all of your friends (laughs) yes you've had forever (laughs) more than any friend or girlfriend or family member in the past (laughs) we salute yeah wow yeah see friendship guys all right so that's where we're gonna end where can people find you on social media love it oh boy social media um (laughs) (laughs) per your advice i just got a tiktok yes you've only done one though and it was it was like a hundred times more than I wanted to do. Um, <laughs> all right. So Instagram is the best. 
It's just M-I-C-K-T-O-R-R-E-S, Mick Torres. And TikTok? It's Mick underscore Torres. There we go. Follow him. I promise there will be some good new TikTok content if I have anything to do with it. Please, please subscribe to the Mismo podcast on wherever you listen, right? That's a bold promise about the TikTok, but you are the <laughs> friend who will keep me accountable for that. So yes. that's fine. Uh, okay. And um, yeah, you know what? Mismo, if you really want to uh, hear me, it, Mismo is the place. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Let's just get the listens instead. Throw everything else out the window. Yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest social guy, social media guy. But we there know. You go. you, your best friend, you only said one word answers to via text. So. Correct. We kind of yes. got that. <laughs> but they can listen on any platform, right? To the podcast? Again. Yeah. Yeah. It's all it's all over the platforms. All the many. Beautiful. Subscribe, guys. It's really fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. I want to know what you think. And we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.